Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, the podcast where we talk about reality TV and we get a little bit culty. I am thrilled to have Nicole Pompey back on here with me because you know her, you love her, you've heard her on here before. She is a huge 90 Day Fiance fan and that is what we are going to be discussing today, the tell-all, part one. Part two is coming up and of course, before the 90 Days is coming August 5th and that is our jam. I mean, that's all of our jam, right? That's the best version of 90 Day There Is. So excited for that. But first, we have to wrap up with these six couples that we have been tortured with for a couple of months now. The tell-all was supposed to be three hours long, I guess. That's what TLC programming said, but it turned out to be two hours. And then they did a what now hour-long segment after the two hours was over. There's another two hours next week, I think. And then They're going to have a one-hour special of Nicole and Azin kind of showing what happens to them. And Nikki and I have a lot of opinions about what's going on with them. I feel like Nicole is just never going to stop. I mean, she will murder this man to get him, to have him beside her always. He will be buried in a hostess donuts box beside her. But it's just insane how long their story has gone on. How many seasons of 90 Day have they been on, you guys? It's been like, what, four at this point? Am I exaggerating? It just feels like it's been forever. And also, TLC, I love you. I love you, Sharp Entertainment. You guys are good people. We are forever indebted for you bringing this amazingness into our lives, but get the programming cleared up on Sunday nights. I never know if I'm going to be sitting down for an hour, two hours, three hours, or what I'm exactly going to be watching. It's very confusing, isn't it? I'm just never sure what's happening, especially when I'm writing recaps. I'm sitting there writing my recap for Reality Tea. And if you want to read my 90-day recaps, go over to realitytea.com. They're posted every Monday morning. I also cover cover, uh, Real Housewives of New York. Those are posted Thursday mornings. But it's, you know, I just open up my laptop and I just let it hit me because I have no idea how long the shows are going to be. It's it's jacked up, isn't it? Am I the only one who's massively confused every Sunday? Anyway, so we're going to be talking about that for most of the episode. I'm also really getting into Married at First Sight. It's the second season that I have ever watched and I really got hooked into it last season. I know there have been better seasons, according to some of you diehard fans out there, and I need to go back and watch those at some point in my life. But this one looks really good because one of the women, there are three couples, and one of the women is basically getting detained at an airport already in episode two. Episode three is on this week. I'm recording this before I watch it tonight. But it looks to be a really messed up situation. She's basically been charged with stalking her ex-boyfriend. And Homegirl is already married to the guy that the expert set her up with. So this guy, Tristan, is like, uh, who am I married to? It looks pretty insane. And the other couple seem somewhat interesting, too. The, the one couple is really hitting it off. The guy kind of reminded me of Paul, of Paul and Carini fame, 90 Day. But he is seeming a little more normal now, and I don't know. The previews look good. I'm sucked in right away. It's a little bit slower than some other shows. I think they definitely speed up as the shows continue. So if you're just starting the season, you've never watched it before, and you're finding it to be slow, you know, you're you're pretty much having the same reaction that I did when I started Married at First Sight last year. But I would suggest that you stick with it. And, you know, watch it on the DVR, fast forward through some parts. You know, they have a lot of flashbacks and things like that, but it's really worth it. And like I said, this season in particular looks to be worth it because of this arrest and this detainment and this guy just being (laughs) really, really kind of scared about who he's married to. It cracks me up. I would never do a show like this, would you? I mean, it's just, 
I don't know, maybe if I were younger and still, still kind of, you know, more foolish than I am now because I'm still foolish. But anyway, so Real Housewives of Potomac, let's see, they're, they're on their cast trip to France. This season continues to be pretty hilarious. I find Karen always hilarious. I find Giselle insufferable. And I, I don't know. I like the cast. I like the women. They're goofy. They're, you know, constantly battling over really trite shit. And that's kind of how I like my housewives. At least they're all on the trip. At least they're mixing it up. It's it's a comedy for sure. It's not heavy like some of the cities are. OC, mm, the jury is still out, of course. I'm already liking it better than last season, though. And again, I will say it. It's because Megan, Lydia, and Peggy are 86th. They are out of here. And I could not be happier about that. This week, we met Gina, who we know in real time has already filed for divorce from her husband. She's the one from Long Island. Long Island. She really likes the fact that she's an outsider in the OC. You could tell that she really gets off on being different. Um, If she were like a cast member of New Jersey, (laughs) she would just be a boring person. But I guess that's what makes her interesting in the OC franchise. So... Yeah, that's what she's doing. She's also living in a house with her children while her husband has an apartment in L.A. And again, we know that they've already filed for divorce before the season even started airing. So this is going to be an interesting kind of umbrella of dramatic irony that hangs over her whole storyline this year. You know, she's probably going to be talking about her marriage a lot. She's probably going to be defending the fact that her husband travels for business every week and she never sees him. And she's already in the first episode that we ever meet her defending her marriage in the interviews, like saying, well, nobody understands our arrangement. It works for us. We're in love. We're perfectly happy. And they're flashing back to all these wedding photos. And yeah, we know she's getting divorced. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out and how she kind of functions within the group. Then there's Emily, who is the lawyer for like very part-time lawyer, I would assume. And she is telling us about her husband. She gets together to get her nails done with Kelly and Tamara, I think. Am I getting that right? And she really seems to want everyone to know that the reason they got married is because they, you know, discussed it on Google Chat, which is less romantic than married at first sight. I mean, could you get less romantic than that? I thought my proposal story was kind of not at the bottom of the barrel, but on the low end of romance in terms of scales. And, you know, this definitely is lower. So, hey, yay for me. Yay for any of us who didn't feel like our proposals were all that. At least they didn't happen on Google chat. Google freaking chat. Oh, anyway, she also is like obsessed with having another child. And she does open up about her struggles with infertility and having I think it was six miscarriages, which is just brutal and painful. And I really felt for her when she was talking about that. She has this really beautiful story about how her sister carried three children for her. Her sister. I mean, that is a really amazing bond that they must have. And a really, it's just a huge sacrifice. I don't know. I just, that really sat like sat with me when I, when she was talking about that, she didn't spend too much time on it, but I really want to meet the sister and I hope we get to it. I hope we see what the dynamic is there. But now she's talking about having another baby because she has these nine embryos on ice and she really wants to have another girl. And you know, you can choose the gender when you, when you do this sort of, I guess, embryo choice, I believe, right? Isn't that what like Megan King Edmonds did? Isn't that what like all the Kardashians have done anyway? So She's, she's totally up for this. And I'm just wondering, uh, is her sister up for this? Because isn't her sister going to be the one carrying it? Or maybe they would get another surrogate. Her husband does not seem that on board, i.e. not on board at all with this plan. We also find out that he is, what, what was it again? He's Jewish and a Mormon, or he's a half a Mormon and something else, but she is not Mormon at all. And it's fine. And he's also from money. He doesn't have to work, but she really values people that work for their money. So none of this really made sense to me because she was like, I came from nothing or I came from like lower middle class. So I really value working. And she, you know, wants him to set an example for working, but it sounds like he is just, you know, he's just rolling in it. So he doesn't have to, he was also married for nine and a half years before he has two other children, I believe three children with her. And, 
yeah, they've got a, they've got a big story, I feel like, and I want to see more of it. So I will say that. That interests me. There are some housewives, some new housewives who come on, again, Peggy, who they do not interest me at all. Emily and Gina are at least giving me enough right now that I want to know more about them. It doesn't mean I think they're going to be great for the show, but hey, it's holding my interest. And isn't that what this is? It's TV. Okay, so Vicky, what did she do this week? She wore an ostrich on her back. Uh, she went and quoted Deuteronomy to Tamara and Eddie, who she just <laughs> just happened to be in the same neighborhood as. That was so ridiculous. And Eddie kind of, sort of said he'd think about forgiving her. So Vicky was very excited that her acting skills paid off. Kelly gets pissed off that Vicky had her ex, Michael, over at a barbecue and that he sort of hit it off with a friend of Vicky's. And then Vicky talks about double dating with Michael and Steve, her boyfriend, and Kelly just loses it. And you know what? Some people were saying, well, the barbecue wasn't that big of a deal, but Vic, it goes deeper than that. I mean, if the double dating thing is brought up, that is... That is not okay. I mean, who else on that cast would be okay with that? We all know if you saw the Instagram war just, what, a week or two ago, that Vicky lost her fucking mind when Brianna, her daughter, was posting pictures with her husband and kids and Don, Don, Vicky's ex. That's not Brianna's father, but she's very close to him. He was her stepfather and raised her for many years. And Vicky wrote on this Instagram, I think it was Ryan's, Brianna's husband. She, he was, she was like, oh, nice that you're posting photos of Don when he's there, but you don't ever post any of me. And, and Ryan, who I do not like, he seems like a total angry douche, but he wrote back like, stop drunk posting on my timeline or on my feed, whatever. And I was like, oh, interesting, Vicky. Vicky doesn't even want her ex around the daughter that he helped raise. But she is like completely brushing off the fact that Kelly is upset that she's sort of setting her, Kelly's ex up with friends. I mean, Vicky is such a hypocrite, but she's a good housewife because she is so messy. She is like a royal mess. I mean, the hair and the face aside... It, and I just really, I pray for her that she gets it together. She's just a hot mess. Um, Shannon gets sent on vacation on David's dime. She wants to maintain the lifestyle to which she is accustomed. And if you've seen this floating around social media, David Bedore and his new girlfriend got matching heart tattoos on their middle fingers. And they're both flipping off the camera on an Instagram post. I don't know if it was his or hers. I think it was his. Could be wrong about that. Where they're showing their matching heart tattoos. I don't know if these are temporary tattoos. I don't know if these are permanent tattoos. What I do know is that David Bedore is going through a midlife fucking crisis. And his hair is out of control. Almost as bad as Russ's of Russ and Paula. He looks like he is in extreme crisis mode, and I want to know what Shannon's reaction was to seeing these heart tattoos. We just saw her take her wedding ring off, and we just saw David put a tattoo on. It, it's, it's not good. I'm sorry. I will still be the Shannon apologizer in this. She is batshit crazy, I know, and she made him crazy. He also made her crazy, though, and he did wrong, and he seems like a crazy, sneaky asshole. This picture of him speaks volumes. Go out and look for it. If you join the Facebook group, Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, you will see that picture. We've all commented on it. We are all horrified. It's pretty much everywhere right now. But come over there too. Come over to the Facebook group just to join us and join in the discussions we have. It's really fun. I love talking with all of you guys and I'm pretty active on there. So if you want to chat about any reality TV, true crime, cult stuff, let's do it come over, or you can find me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. You can DM me anytime. All right. What else is coming up this week? Real Housewives of New York. Last week, I talked about it on the Jenny McCarthy show. I will be talking about it again this week on Thursday. Listen to Sirius XM channel 109. Luann is back in rehab, as we know. That's right now. But in the Filming of the show timeline, the girls are in Colombia. They are fighting over Red Scarf Guy. 
If you haven't read it yet, go over to shirasgotthescoop.com. She interviewed Brian, a.k.a. Red Scarf Guy, right after I interviewed Rory Sassoon. She was the matchmaker who brought Brian to the speed dating event. Brian actually sent Shiras the text between he and Bethany, and they clear some things up. Now, I don't think Bethany was exactly lying about Brian pursuing her, but she, if these texts are accurate was also engaging in it. It's not like she was just shutting him down, like she explained it. So of course, we got a biased perspective there. But it's interesting. The best thing about the trip so far is that Ramona is being wheeled around and that she got locked in an elevator. And as we know, everyone is almost about to die on a boat. So that's what we can look forward to there. Southern Charm Reunion Part 2 is coming up this week. Oh my God, you guys. Ashley Jacobs is ready for her close-up. I need to find the makeup artist, the hairdresser, who dealt with this woman backstage. That's who we need to interview. I don't want to interview Ashley. I want to interview that person. So if anyone has some hot tips on who that is and how I can find them, please send it my way. I will pursue. I will go to the ends of the earth to find out what this person heard, what they know, because you know they didn't sign an NDA. Well, maybe they do since it's a reunion. Anyway, we can, you know, a girl can dream. We can try. If you really want to know my, my very deep thoughts, (laughs) not that you do, but if you want to know what I really think about the Southern Charm fiasco and the steaming pile of turds that are just festering behind the scenes of this fiasco, go to patreon.com slash pinkshade and join the Pinkshade Patreon page. It's a way to support the podcast, and in return for that, for your monthly donation, I am offering you bonus episodes every month. This most recent one, I really was spilling the tea because there is so much going on with Southern Charm this season behind the scenes that it's very hard to put the pieces together unless you're following this like it's your full-time job. Now, since this is part of my job, I have chosen to follow it as closely as possible, and some of this mess has even involved me. Not by my own volition. I have not wanted to be involved, but it's interesting how People have hired different camps and the arguments that have gone on and the online harassment and the bloggers and podcasters and everyone who, who've basically come under attack. As you know, I gave Nanny Dawn and Ashley Perkins a platform to speak on my podcast and tell their stories. And I stand by them and I stand by having done that. Go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't yet. If you've just joined this podcast recently, they're worth a listen. And they will give you some insight into how big of a deal this Thomas situation is. And I call it a situation because it's not, it's it's allegations at this point. However, I can hear the truth in these women's voices. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. I really believe the truth will come out and it will not be in favor of Thomas. The interesting thing to me is that Bravo and Haymaker have once again made a huge issue pretty much go away for a man by putting a crazy woman front and center. Now, Ashley Jacobs is doing herself no favors because she is acting like a lunatic monster. I am no, by no means, in no way apologizing for Ashley Jacobs. But I just think it's interesting how all of our ire and all of our tweets and everything have gone from Thomas who is actually being accused of rape, to Ashley, who is being horrible and treating Catherine horribly. I don't think anyone's hands are clean on this entire cast, actually. I have opinions about mm, pretty much all of them. I think there's something much bigger going on. I think it's been going on for a long time. Southern Charm in the era of the post-Me Too movement and Time's Up is, is really struggling. You know, and Thomas is at the center of the show and he's being accused and he has, he doesn't have, I don't know if he's charges pressed, but the police report at least filed on him in an investigation that is open for rape. That's not reality TV drama. That is a crime. But we're talking about the drama that Ashley brings because, and I'm included in this, you guys, because I am too. I'm talking about her too, because she's so fucking crazy. 
right? And she's attacking Catherine and she said some vile things. And she's the one who agreed to come to the reunion on her own dime. She's not even a cast member. I really think we're going to be hearing from her on different outlets soon. I feel like she's not very healthy. I think she, her being charged with violating HIPAA agreement or HIPAA rules, HIPAA laws rather, recently, showing pictures of her patients that she's caring for on social media is uh, just disgusting. I think it's also speaking to someone who's not in their right mind. Like she doesn't have maybe a grasp on reality anymore. And I don't know. I don't know. It, I think it's just a, a much bigger issue than what we see on TV. So lots of thoughts there. That said, I will be watching every minute of her on Southern Charm Reunion Part 2. I want to see what crazy lady has to say. Moreover, we need to talk 90 Day Fiance. So I want you to welcome Nicole Pompey to the show. She is fabulous. Go over to YouTube and check out her channel, Trashtastic TV Recaps with Nikki P., so funny. She posts them on my Facebook group. She's been getting more and more followers and for good reason because she is absolutely hilarious. She says it like it is and she definitely thinks about this stuff way more than the average person. So that's why I love her. I love anyone who's obsessed with trashy TV. I mean, come on. It's like my vacation while I can sit at home. So here we go. Let's talk 90 day. All right, Nicole Pompey and I are huge 90 Day Fiance fans. I mean, we have watched everything since the very beginning. We got into Love After Lockup together, and here we are at the end of Happily Ever After. Nicole, are you are you still with us? Have you made it through the entire season to the tell-all? You know, I'm weary, but we made it. <laughs> I'm, I'm weary, Lord. So, I <laughs> I'm weary too. I really am ready for new couples. I'm going to just say that at the very outset of this conversation. I'm ready for new couples. I'm done with these. I want to talk about them, of course, with you. But aren't you ready for a new, like, new blood? I'm glad that I'm not the only one because I was starting to think that, like, other people weren't going to say that. But, yes, I'm so over. Everybody except Nicole and Asin, I will literally watch them until the end of time. But everybody else can go in my book. I am so over everybody. <laughs> you know we will be watching Nicole and Asin until the end of time, too. She will never. Oh, yeah. She'll never stop. Do you think she will ever, for real, somebody asked me this last week, Priscilla, who I had on the podcast last week, she said, do you think, oh yeah, listen, yeah, she's like, do you think Nicole ever stop? I said, no, she's like, she's like the killer who will just like always live. She will always stalk him. I mean, I, I truly think she is um, in need of mental help, you know, like she just doesn't yeah. have any grasp on reality anymore. No, none. No, she's not stopping at all. I'm telling you like this. She is like Danielle. She is literally the younger version of Danielle, just like Danielle has not given up on Muhammad. Like Nicole will not give up. It doesn't matter how many signs, red flags, she's going to always rationalize it to be like, well, he still loves me and we're still going to be together. Right, right. This, But the sadder thing is, oh my God, Nicole is dragging this little girl through it. I mean, Danielle had those kids too who were much more mature than her, but they were a little older. And so they weren't, they weren't dragged to other countries. And I don't know, poor May. I just can't, I can't handle Nicole dragging May through it. Yeah. it. Luckily, May is small enough that, you know, Maybe this won't be too traumatizing, but as the years drag on, she will definitely be remembering all this. So, well, it'll yeah. all be on film for her. She can just go to TLC's Go app and watch it all unfold. <laughs> <laughs> I know, poor thing. But I mean, we all have, you know, parents who embarrass us. <laughs> oh, please, I know. We're, we're yeah. All in therapy because of what our parents have done to us. So. I know. <laughs> so let's actually start with them. On the tell-all, Sean Robinson had them Skype in because they are still in Morocco, and. Mm -hmm. They were they were asked a series of questions about Asin's cheating and him calling other women. What did you think about his reaction to that? And then Nicole's reaction to all of that. I mean, he they actually have similar like responses to when they're nervous because they both smile and giggle. Right. It was like he's getting like pounded with these questions and he's like smiling. It's like really strange. I mean, I feel like he has to smile 
to get through it because it's, he knows that he's lying and he's scamming her. And so it's like he's hiding this laughter like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Like, I can't believe she keeps believing whatever I tell her. And so he just smiles because that's just what's going on in his head behind the scenes. Yeah, these two he, grinning idiots. They're sitting yeah, there laughing. They're delusional. Both of them seem delusional. Like, they look crazy to me all the time. And he's just trying to just keep skating by with whatever he can so that she'll keep providing for him. So next week, this coming week, this podcast is going to be dropping in between the first tell-all and the second tell-all, which is the last, which is not the last we see of Nicole and Azen, because then they get a one-hour after show where we see what happens next with just them. What do you predict is going to go on? What are we going to see? I think that they're going to attempt to move this wedding forward. And then somehow it's going to get sabotaged again. I just, I know that that's what's going to happen. Maybe we'll see Nicole go back home. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But they're they're not getting married. They're not not getting married. I mean, but she still will find a way. Have you seen she's been posting on social media um, questionnaires like, do you think we still belong together? Do you think we're still a good? It's like Nicole. I think she's back in Florida, right? I think so. But my thing is, I don't understand why people like do stuff like that, like put those polls up and then want to get mad when people come at you. Like, don't invite that. Then she's like, oh, haters are going to hate. Then she puts up her, you don't know my life and all this stuff. And I'm like, girl, you are inviting people to come at you when you post stuff like that. Like, just be quiet. Don't ask anybody what they think about your relationship and you won't have to deal. Like, you're already going to deal with it because you're on TV. But it's like you invite these questions. And then when people like start going in on you, calling you crazy and delusional and the ass doesn't love you, then you get your little feelings hurt. Hey, girl, go sit down. Somebody needs to go take her phone away. Rob Lee, go take her phone. Cut it off. I know she's paying the phone bill. Just stop paying it and just turn the line off. <laughs> she's so delusional. You're right. She posts stuff like that all the time. She's like, nobody knows my life. Blah, right. blah, blah. And you're like, I'm Nicole. Like, we see your life. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, can you imagine Nicole posting a question just in your private life on some public forum? Like, what do you think of this guy I'm dating? Or what do you think of this relationship? We don't do that as private citizens. And yet she's doing that and then getting mad. You're right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely make- insane. So another one who gets really upset when people judge her, although she uh, there are many reasons to judge her, is Molly. She seems very <laughs> upset that people are calling her out on being uh, and not such a great mom. Poor Molly. Molly just wants love. I mean, she is a hopeless, and I mean hopeless with a capital H, romantic, because she just keeps making the same mistakes. I don't, you would think she would learn. You would think she would figure out like, hey, maybe I should just chill out for a minute. But no, she is determined to find love and she's just going to keep falling head over heels for me. You know what Molly's problem is? She goes in too deep, too fast. Like she has no like, let me dip my toe in, test this guy out. It's like I met him once and I'm in love. Right. He served me a margarita on vacation and I'm going (laughs) to marry him. It's like fucking crazy. So also the new guy she's with, have you seen a picture of him? She posted it on Instagram and everyone was like, oh, my God, Luis is back in the country. It's Luis (laughs) 2.0. Yes, I saw that. It's Luis 2.0. Freaking oh, I'm like Molly. Olivia needs to run. I I used to say that Olivia should respect her mom no matter what, but now I'm like Olivia, girl, run, get away from this lady because she go take Kinsley with you. Like oh my gosh, this is just this is crazy. She's just gonna keep on. I guess she's just not gonna learn. I don't know. Who wouldn't learn after watching yourself just unravel like this? I mean, with your with your new husband and his Space Jam t-shirt salsaing away from you. Like, that was that was crazy. That was absolutely insane. That was, like, my favorite <laughs> moment when he starts playing that music and then he's dancing while the producers are screaming, Louis, what's your plan? And he's, like, he's, like, salsa dancing back into the bedroom. Oh, my God. I, love, I was laughing so hard. That was TV going. TV gold. It's comedy. It's comedy. He's like, did it, did it, did it, did it. And she's like, don't you call the cops? Do, what, so, okay, we got to talk about this. Is oh, she, God. is she like battering him? Is she abusing him? We saw her shove him pretty hard. But then David, idiot that he is, who is apparently besties with Luis behind the scenes, is making these claims. And so was Pedro. Like, well, he called us up and told us he was a battered man. I mean, I don't mean to laugh about that, but uh, I don't know, man. 
I don't believe it for a second. I don't think Molly was just beating Luis day after day. I think that Molly was pushed to a point in that particular episode where she snapped. But I don't think that's her regular character. I think she was driven to that point because she was just over it. I don't see her just beating up on him day after day. Like she said, I think it's a ploy to try to get his green card. Honestly, I think he's I think he's lying. I don't believe it. I think so, too. She pointed that out. She said because uh, you can you can basically push the paperwork through or back or so. Anyway, he could he could find a loophole if he can prove domestic battery. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was I think that's part of that. Something like what Muhammad did ish. I think he, or I think it was like a, she wasn't what she said she was going to be when he got here. And that's how he got his green. Cause she had all these money problems. And I think Muhammad used that against her. So they can find their way in. So she needs to hurry up and, you know, I think he's gone now, but she needs to make sure he stays gone. Cause he can pull a Muhammad real quick here. Don't you think there should be like a 90 day, just museum of, you know, what what to do or what not to do. Like, so you could go in there and study. Like, this is how you avoid getting frauded, as Danielle would say. I mean, they really are following the same patterns we've seen since season one. It's the same yeah. people. It's the same patterns. It's like, ne- and as we are seeing in the previews from before the 90 days, we're seeing the same shit happen over again. It's some guy who goes and gets a wife from the Philippines. She is mm-hmm. much too hot for him. He probably doesn't have a job. It's like we just keep seeing the same thing. It's crazy. Yeah, but even if there was like somewhere where you could go to see like all the wrong things, these are the dregs of society, okay? (laughs) This is Nicole. Do you really think Nicole, who didn't even do the research to get the paperwork to get her marriage license, is going to go do the research to see if she's dating a scammer online? These people don't read. These people aren't going to go study and dig and try to find things out. Like that, that would sit there and collect dust or people like us will be on there trying to see, people who are never going to date somebody <laughs> from another country are going to be on there looking and not a single one of them would ever look it up ever. Oh my God. No. Can I tell They're you like- though, I am 90 day fiance adjacent and I'm just going to put this on blast because this is my podcast and I know that this distant aunt I have is not listening. So, okay. Distant aunt posts on Facebook. Just, I want to say about a month ago, she writes family. I have been, I have been frauded. It was Danielle. It was Danielle's words. She goes, a man I thought who was godly turned out not to be who he said he was. It was a whole post about being catfished. And she just put it on blast on Facebook. And I was like, these are the people I'm freaking related to. Oh my God. And I wanted to write her back and be like, okay, listen, here's what you do aunt so-and-so like, cause I have 90 day fiance knowledge, but I just let it go. Everybody else was like prayers for you, honey. Don't, you know, get offline. I would have told her, go to Walmart immediately and get you a big old binder. Get you, and a Tom. Get a Tom. <laughs> yeah. And print off every text message from him in extra large print. <laughs> so you'll have all of it and take it to court with you. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Everybody has a crazy aunt. Oh like everybody. God. Nobody oh. in the world does not have one nutty aunt. So don't feel bad. You know, and, and, so 90 Day Fiance casting crew are just so excellent at getting all the crazies of everyone's family. Because don't you notice it's like Nicole has, she has some decent relatives around her. Like her brother and sister seem like they've got their head on straight. Her mom is exasperated. Robbie is just, you know, a broken woman at this point. And I'm sure she has something, some part to play in making Nicole who she is. But Oh, yeah. She's she she has more brain cells firing, you know, like she, she she definitely has more brain cells, but she just I think she's just so tender hearted. You ever seen those moms who like I can't yell at my baby. I can't you know, I just kind of let them do what they're going to do. She's just so sweet and nice. And I'm like, just snatch her up one good time, Robbie. Seriously, yes, I do know those moms. I was a high school teacher for over a decade. So I know those moms and I know what those kids turn into because I saw them as they were heading out into life. And it's not pretty. It looks like Nicole. (laughs) Not you, you, Nicole. Okay, let's move on to, since we were talking about David being friends with Luis, what was that all about? Number one, David and Pedro, but especially David claims to have this like inside connection to Luis on the tell-all. And then he was also giving everyone life advice thoughts on that i thought that was super weird like pedro's friendship with luis makes sense to me because they're from the same country and they both probably speak spanish and that's just you know you just bond with people who have the same culture or whatever but how did he hook up with david like how did that even get started how did that happen i'm really confused by that 
Number two, I think David put on a little dress shirt and some dress pants and they put a little makeup on him and sat him in front of camera. He thought he was a therapist or some a life coach. He thought that this was his moment to shine. And he was like, I got some good advice for these people. Meanwhile, your life is in shambles. You're taking 30 second showers with lukewarm water. And he just, I think he really thinks that he is an intelligent man. He does. Because he, he has a master's degree, right? So he thinks he knows and he's older than a lot of the other couples there. And I think he really thinks he knows what he's talking about. He's one of those people who like he has all the good advice but can't apply it to their own life. He has so much good advice for everyone. I was dying. Yeah, I mean, you were on Twitter the whole time. People were losing their minds over how much David was inserting his advice into everyone's lives. Yeah, I mean, he had the nerve to say something to Molly like he can't she can't take Louise's phone just because she pays for it. Meanwhile, he has a phone that I'm sure Chris paid for and is paying the phone bill still. So you don't need to talk about anybody who's paying for anybody something because he's never paid for anything. He's like he's at anything. the other end. Right. So Molly is a hardworking business owner who was getting scanned by this man. Like she has every right to take his phone if she's paying for it. Dude, he was just ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He was, you're right. He was wearing his like uh, big boy purple shirt and his khaki pants fit for ones. They weren't like eating his ass. Well, we didn't see him stand <laughs> up, but he looked like he, he <laughs> looked <laughs> Oh my God. TLC just has a knack for like getting David walking into uh-huh. anywhere from behind. And I'm like, why TLC? Why? I don't need to see his butt anymore. Oh, this it's, camera crew body. is shady. They are shady. Yeah. They they constantly are getting his ass at an up angle walking yes. up steps. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, please stop. But yeah, I. He looked kind of, I mean, the buttons on that shirt were, you know, they were screaming a little bit, but. What he was asking those buttons to do, seriously. I'm sure Chris bought him that whole outfit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Or TLC had it waiting for him when he got there, maybe. Right. They're like, here you go. And they probably had a warm shower waiting for him, too. Like a poor Charles (laughs) Dickens, you know, case. He's just, David, David, to me, though, is there's something really shady about the whole thing. So first of all, he's joining every Facebook group out there. And I want you guys listening to know that if you join the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group, I do not allow reality TV personalities in there because we need a safe place to snark. But David has been joining all kinds of 90 Day Fiance and reality TV chat rooms, which are now known as Facebook groups. And he is like, really trying to endear himself to everyone and he's getting all of these fans and I'm just like what the hell is up with this dude yeah I think he's doing it for like trying to gain people's trust and yeah fame I don't I don't think that he's trying to make it seem like oh I'm not the guy they show on tv like I'm really cool it's me Dave like here I am in the Facebook group I can chill with the fan like no David no one wants to talk to you go away no, we want to talk about you and we want to talk about right. your decisions, which are exactly. poor. And him and being I the perpetual victim. No, I don't want to talk to him about like, oh, it's really hard for me, blah, blah, blah. Their Instagram tells a different story. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Taking more trips than me. Right. Exactly. It's like we're over here working, trying to like earn a, earn 50 cents. And he is out there in Vegas and he and Annie are dressed up all the time and they're in Thailand. And I'm like, is this all a ploy? And this has been out there in the rumor mill. It's been on the Reddit threads and I'm sure you've heard of it. Is this is this whole thing a ploy for Chris and David and Annie, who's in on it, to get more business drummed up for Fantasy Thailand, which is the business that Chris and Nikki run, which makes all your, quote, dreams come true in Thailand, <coughs> sex workers. So do you, is this like some, are we being played? What's happening here? I mean, I honestly don't know for sure, but if David is the person that you're using as the face of your business, <laughs> I don't ever want to go on a fantasy Thailand trip with him. Look at, he looks creepy. Like he looks like a creepy older man who just wants to sleep with younger age. Like he looks like that stereotype. So I guess all they're going to attract is other people like David, but they're not going to get normal people. So maybe I honestly, like I said, I don't know anymore. Like I've got to the point now where I'm like, I'm so tired of trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, just, just take them away from me. Just take them away. I don't even <laughs> want to try to think it through. You know, if they are, if it is all part of their plan, then fine. But I mean, whenever they start crying over their hardships, I mean, it seems kind of real. So I think they, I think they kind of go back and forth between 
being like super unfortunate and then they have like little spurts where Chris like takes them somewhere and then they send them and then after that's over they go back home to Kentucky back to the little storage unit I think it's like that (laughs) I I really think that I don't think that David has a dollar to his name I think all that's real like he doesn't I don't think he has anything yeah so maybe he's method acting or something but I agree he they don't have except you know where's the food coming from because David has been eating well oh now that's a good question I don't know about the food because I mean, he's about to be my 600-pound life in a, in a few months here. <laughs> and then he lo- they love, I, I always crack up whenever they do like a full recap and they show that picture of him back when he was skinny. Oh, I holler every time because I'm like, take that picture down. That man does not look like that anymore. <laughs> That's the ultimate oh. catfishing picture when you post like your yes. high school photo. Yeah. Oh, my God. And did you see the post that he put up where he was trying to say, oh, the camera adds 10 pounds, trying to act like he wasn't big for real? I said, sir. No, we, that is not adding 10 pounds. That's adding 10 times 10. He's trying to get out of it. He is really coming in hot on social media. If you guys aren't following David Tabrowski, I think his full name is, he's all over social media and Facebook, like I said, right now, just pretty much like talking to anyone who will listen. It's really kind of funny. But, and he also went on a podcast last year, although they're, they're kind of been, they've been difficult to get on podcasts this year. So let's move on to someone else who is delusional and the camera may be adding 10 pounds and extra eyebrows to George. <laughs> so he is back with Anfisa and they start the whole tell all by saying they stayed together for love, which immediately set me into like a cackle, cackle fit. I was like, Oh my God, these two stop it. She's like, yeah, because, because we love each other so much. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, no, I don't believe it. They no, I don't know what, I don't know George and Anfisa's in game. I'm not. Cause I've, I've said before that I think Amphisa is just waiting out the time where she can pretty much just leave George and do for herself. And I think that might be what she's doing. So I think she might just be like kind of playing it up. Like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm in love for another year and then I'm going to dip out. I agree. Like, I really think. I agree. I think they're, I think they're, they've teamed up because they found a way to make a lot of money. Not a lot, but a lot more than they could make just being, you know, him being like a broke pot dealer who's getting arrested and her having no job at all. So they've, they found ways to make money through being these social media stars like Anfisa believes she is. And then also making some bucks. I think one of the two highest rates on the show for appearance fees from what I've heard. So Anfisa, George and Nicole. And not Azen yet, but you know Nicole's giving all of her money to Azen. Oh, yeah. They it's all get the highest fees. You can go ahead and say Azen because it's all he and Nicole had. May has not seen a dime of that no. money. It's all gone to Morocco. There's no college <laughs> fund. There's no college fund. What do you think about this this baby mama thing? Give me your thoughts on this. Okay. I And I know people are going to be mad because I see people all the time who are like, yeah, George is a horrible dad. Blah, but I just don't trust this whole baby mama story. Yeah. I don't know if it's just fake drama for the show or what, but something about her story just cannot add up for me. It just doesn't make sense. The fact that she says she asked George for a paternity test for t- all these years. I'm like, girl, if you don't go to the court, and subpoena him and get a paternity test like it's it's not the hardest thing in the world to do but then she keeps saying she doesn't want anything from him oh well if if he does turn out to be the father what do you want from george nothing well why are we speaking to you what is your purpose for being why are you doing all this do you just want to know so you can tell your daughter like hey this is your dad but you're never going to see him and we're not going to get anything from him that makes no sense to me if if you just want to raise your kid alone, then just raise your kid alone. Like I would be gone. I, I and it's it just seems too convenient to me now that they're on TV. Here she comes. I I don't know. It's it's weird. It is weird. I feel like I heard truth in her voice when she was getting really upset with him. And then I also thought, well, George is such a goddamn stupid liar. He's not even a good liar. He's a terrible liar. And he, he lies like he breathes, you know, just constantly. And so, of course, he's going to say, no, this isn't my kid. But then when he was sort of messing up and, and admitting that he had seen her over the years and he bought her presents and he, and he, quote, joked around about her being his child, I was like, that doesn't add up either. Yeah, it it doesn't. And I totally agree. And I think that George knows that this is his kid and that's why he's delayed this paternity test. I think that's why he's like, no, it's not mine. I don't need to get a test, blah, blah, blah. And then he finally said that he would take one, but I don't believe that for us. I think he's going to continue to dodge the paternity test. I, 
I don't believe George. I think George thinks that that's his kid and he's scared because Amphisa has already threatened to leave him if it turns out to be his. And of course, he doesn't want that to happen. So I uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I feel like with Danny and, a- and David and Annie, I'm tired of trying to figure out like it's exhausting <laughs> because he does. He lies so much that you don't know what's up, down, left or right. No, it's so, ex- it's completely exhausting. You're right. Here, okay, here's a convoluted conspiracy theory. Could it be that Lord Lordis, his sister, who is, you know, much more functional than he is, she's also got a mean streak. But anyway, could it be that she and maybe some other sisters, because he's got a couple others in George's family, kind of sought out this old ex and decided to. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. have her try to break Anfisa and George up because that could be the end game too. I mean, they could be saying, you know what? Anfisa will leave him if she finally, if she realizes that this is his kid, we all know that this is his kid. You've been in our lives forever. Let's go ahead and do this girl. That could be, that's a possibility. I mean, I don't know if they could guarantee that Anfisa would have left him, but I guess they know what kind of girl she is. And they're like, she's going to dip out if she finds out he has a kid. Cause that means, you know, of course she's going to lose money. Right. But what money that that's pop <laughs> TLC checks. <laughs> true. I mean, true. that's a possibility. Um, But I don't really honestly believe Amphisa. I think she might be using this as a reason to leave George. But at the same time, she knows that as soon as her and George break up, that's TLC's ends. So right. right. The only reason they're together is because of this show. That's the only reason. So that that could be true. But honestly, <laughs> I, it's oh it's a it's a reach Erin. I know I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's a reach <laughs> you reach it far can you see I I'm up at night just delving into you know the the depths of my mind thinking hmm I'm coming up with stupid conspiracy theories for 90 day fiance ancillary characters this is ridiculous I need I need to do something more productive with my life okay <laughs> so okay so Paula and Anfisa. Paula thought she could come for Anfisa starting backstage, and it just continued through the entire two-hour part one of the tell-all. What did you think about this? I felt like moments of it were extremely fake, but I do feel like there is some beef between them. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely beef between them, but I think that a lot of it was staged for drama for the show. I mean, these two women are not going to fight. Let's just be real. I don't think that either one of them knows how to fight. Paula tries to say that, oh, she lifts so many pounds in the gym. Listen, I'm from the deep South in an area that has a, you know, a high rate of fighting and crime. Lifting weights has absolutely nothing to do with (laughs) your ability to fight. I, you, you can be buff and not know how to fight and get taken down. So that has nothing to do with it. And Fisa doesn't know how to fight. I mean, these girls had on like body con fashion Nova dresses and, five-inch heels. You're not going to fight. Stop. No, they're not going to fight. I mean, and yeah, I- we just have to look no further than the family Chantel versus Pedro to, to see, like, <laughs> who people who win in a fight or people who get things yanked out. It's not the strongest that survive. It's the scrappiest. Exactly. And so, also, I think that I think that Paola was trying to start up stuff because, of course, she's trying to continue her storyline because they have nothing. So, she went into the room backstage at the beginning to antagonized Anfisa. She she said it was under the guise of apologizing, but she didn't go in there to apologize because she didn't act like she was going to apologize. She went in there and tried to act fake. And I feel like it was just to push Anfisa and to start something. Yeah, so totally, I, totally. She's just riding on the heels of other people's stories and she knows Anfisa yes. is getting one of the highest rates because she brings so much drama and so does George. And yeah, Paula and Russ and his sparkly shoes and his bad haircut, they need to go. And Juan, yes. what do we what do we need well, to do to never see his trifling ass again? I never want to see Juan again or Paula or Russ. You, I don't know. Do we need to write a letter to TLC? Like, what's the address? Because I've really thought about writing them letters because I don't want to see any of them ever again. No. Please don't read them back. Please don't. 
No. Like, we're done. I have been updated. There is nothing new that they could possibly give us <laughs> in the future. Right. It's I... still going to be them arguing over her, wanting to be a model, and them having fake arguments about her missing living in Colombia. And that's it. That's all they have. That's like, I don't all understand. they have. I mean, they did. They talked about some more serious things. I mean, they talked about her miscarriage. That's very sad for any woman to go through. I think many of us can relate to that. They talked about her losing her grandmother. But I want to say that those things, they didn't really push their story forward, even though they were, quote, real. You know what I mean? It's like they just aren't interesting. They should really be on the What Now series. They should not have been featured on Happily Ever After. I don't even know if I would have wanted to see them on What Now. Like, I know. It- it's just ridiculous at this point. And I feel like Paola probably begs them to have her back so that she can keep her career. I'm doing air quotes here uh, in check. Like she still wants to think of herself as being a famous TV star. Yeah. And she's another one of those on social media. She posted, oh no, Russ did because Russ is the whinier one. She, he posted something defending his wife and defending their choices and how nobody can judge them. And again, it's like, yeah, dude, you're on TV. And you're on a you're on like a whack TV show that we love right. because we are there to cringe. Like so, let us cringe. But my thing is the the whole the social. What gets me is that their social media lives and what they show on the TV show always contradict. Because it's like on on the show they always want to play it like oh they're fighting and arguing about how Paula's showing too much of her body, but then on social media she's got on like a thong bikini and it's like all her ass is out. <laughs> And then Russ is like, I love my wife. She's beautiful. Look at her. And I support her and everything. And I'm like, well, what you're saying on TV is not what you're saying on social media. So which is it? Like, that's what makes me feel it's not genuine. Like, clearly what you're doing on TV is not really how you feel. You're just doing it to cause drama for the TV show. And I'm like, get off my TV. Like, no, I don't want to see that. They really need handlers. They they need publicists. They need managers. Ugh. I mean, they probably have like a semi, you know, kind of these people in their lives, but they need more professional handling. So, okay, last up, Pedro and Chantel. We have to talk about them because they are just like a hot mess. I mean, they really blew out the finale with that whole fight and them not living together for three days and Chantel blaming Pedro's family, Pedro blaming the family Chantel. I mean, what is going to happen with these people? What do you think is the root issue here? I think the root issue is just that neither one of them wants to see what they're each doing wrong. Yeah. Like they want to point the finger at the other one, which, and they're not wrong, which is what is so frustrating about it because they're both right. Like whatever Pedro says about Chantel and her family is absolutely correct. And whatever Chantel says about Pedro not defending her and always taking his family side, that's a hundred percent correct as well. But it's like, they have a blind spot to their own, like what they're doing to, keep it continuing like Chantel doesn't want to admit that she runs to her family a little too much and tells Mm -hmm. them a little about what's going on in their marriage she just doesn't want to admit that because she thinks we're close and we love each other and like that's nobody says you you can't be close and can't love your family but that doesn't mean you need to go tell them every little argument and fight that you and your husband have when you know they already don't like him exactly that's not gonna help the situation at all and then Pedro is constantly sending his family money and then if his family says something to Chantel he doesn't defend her he doesn't put them in check and that makes her feel disrespected like my husband's not on my side so Pedro keeps saying I didn't do anything wrong and I'm like eh, you did you know I see his point I see why you know the fight happened I know I get it but he can't stand there and say he has never done anything wrong because that's not true. No, exactly. He's acted super shady. He's taken his sister's side over his wife's. He's taken his mother's side over his wife's. I mean, they, you're right. There is so much wrong with both of them and the way they're reacting to it. And both of their families are equally dysfunctional, but in different ways. That's how I would put oh my, it. So much dysfunction. Like so much therapy needs to be done there because it's just, you know, what? I just think I think I really think there's something mentally wrong with Chantel's parents and that and like two (laughs) mentally ill people got together and had a bunch of kids that each have their own like Chantel can't open her mouth when she speaks like River talks really slow winter I don't know what her issue is she actually seems she might be the most normal one out of the bunch I mean she's delusional like the rest of them but she might be the most normal they're but, just, do you remember, okay, think way back into the recesses of your 90-day fiancé memory, the very first episode where we met Chantel, and she was a cheerleading coach, and the first thing she said was that her family was very tight-knit, almost to an overbearing point. Yeah. She did say that, and it's like, oh, she was not kidding, because this family Chantel, 
they do not travel in separate vehicles. They do not eat <laughs> meals apart. I mean, they post things together. They are constantly talking about one another. I mean, nobody's family is this involved out of the entire 90 Day Fiance crew like the family Chantel. Yeah, they are they are super close. And that that can be a great thing. Like that's good. Like I feel like I'm really close to my family too, but it when if it came down to that, I would just let them know like, "Hey, we're not going to talk about him while we're together." Like that and that's the end of it. Like don't bring his name up. It's it. Like she needs to stand up and be like, "My marriage is my marriage and we're not going to sit here and talk about investigating his family. We're not going to sit here and talk about what happened with the chicken feet. Whatever. It's done. <laughs> it's over with. His family's never going to apologize. Y'all just need to let that go. Y'all ain't never going to apologize to them. We all need to just let it go and move on. Like right. just squash it. They just need to squash it because they they keep waiting for this, like, e- each side is waiting for their apology. Like, oh, I want his mama to apologize to me, and I want them to apologize to us. Nobody's apologizing. So no. can we just let this go and move on with our lives? No, it's just pack up the weave in the mail, send it to Nicole. <laughs> Don't even, no, no. <laughs> right, and those two families never have to deal with each other. Like, there is no rule that says in-laws have to interact. Like, Thank you. Chantel's family never has to go to the Dominican Republic to visit, like, Chantel needs to go with Pedro to visit his family and that's it. I don't understand why her whole family needed to go anyway. Like they just do too much. It's oh too my much. gosh. They, they have to fly on planes much. together. It's ridiculous. They got to wear their tiny <laughs> cowboy hat. I want to see a tiny cowboy hat. Come back <laughs> that cowboy hat. I really think that her head is big. Like I really think that that was a regular size cowboy Stop. hat. That woman is that big. Oh my god, Nicole. She has, she has what we call in the South a waterhead. Have you ever heard that term, Erin? <laughs> no. Tell me what that is. <laughs> it's a waterhead. It's like your head's the size of a jug of water, like a gallon of water. So we call it a waterhead. You got a big old head. You got a waterhead. <laughs> That's a regular size cowboy hat on anyone else except Mother Santel. Yes, I I really think so. And it just sat on the back of her head because, Lord, these people are, see the strangeness. There's something wrong with her parents. Her dad is weird. He like is always like greasy and shiny and like very talking very slowly, very softly. I think he might have had a lobotomy at some point. They all talk very slowly. They t- they want us to understand that the family Pedro is harvesting the American dollar. I mean, how many times did they spell that out in like multi-syllables for us? And I, everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean, first of all? And second of all, why are you saying it so slowly? <laughs> I don't know why they talk like that. I think it's, I think they, their brain is like thinking of the next word. And so they have to slow it down because they don't know, they don't know what they're about to say next. Right. I, I, I don't understand. There is something wrong with them though. And I mean, they're just not going to let up. Like no. they're like pit bulls with a bone. Like they're not going to let it go. And Chantel just needs to say, Hey, me and Pedro are going to be together. That's it. So whatever happened in the past, we just need to drop it and let it go. And that's it. Yeah. And I have a and sneaking keep, suspicion. And keep interaction with what? No, go ahead. Keep interaction with the family. Keep, what? Inter- keep interaction with Pedro at a minimum, like major holidays only. Like he does not need to be going over for Sunday dinner every week. Like it's just too much no. for right now. No, don't be trapping him in a cabin in the woods either. That was oh. such a bad idea. I mean, it was great for it TV, was. I guess. It was, but yeah, I mean, whatever. he was not having that. I, would, I wouldn't have gone if it were me. I would have been like, you have fun with your family. I'll see you when you get back. No, seriously. Or I would have escaped in the middle of the night. It's like Uber or somebody. I don't know. Horse. Anyway, Nicole, I love you. I can't wait for a 90-day uh, fiancé before the 90 days, which is coming. Darcy and Jesse will be back. Uh, Paul and Karini will be back. And then it's four new hot mess couples. I need new blood. You do too. We all do. This yeah. is going to be fabulous. I'm so, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. Yeah, August 5th. So we're going to talk about that again. Tell everyone where to go to find your hilarious recaps on YouTube and then where to follow you on social media. Hey, so I'm on YouTube at Trashtastic TV Recaps with Nikki P. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki P. Tweets, N-I-C-H-I underscore P underscore tweets. And I live tweet during the show so you can see all of my firsthand real-time reactions to the mess that's going on while it's airing. Yeah, and they're some of the best. It's basically worth following Nikki just to just to follow her on 90 Day Beyonce Nights. Although you're funny all the time and I love your videos. Thank Go you. over there, you guys, and subscribe. All right, and I'm going to be coming on your YouTube channel soon and we will discuss, I think, before the 90 days. That's what we're going to do, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. In the very near future. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole.
Thanks again to Nicole. She was so much fun. I absolutely love talking with her. Remember to follow her on social media and head over to her YouTube page, Trashtastic TV Recaps with Nikki P. I'm going to link all that up in the show notes so you can just click there to find her. I really appreciate everyone who is supporting this podcast. A way for you to support the podcast is, of course, by listening, subscribing, telling your friends, spreading the word however you can. And if you have iTunes, leaving me a five-star rating and review. That helps so much. Two minutes of your time is so meaningful to me and to the podcast growth. I appreciate all of you who have gone out there and done that. And also remember, patreon.com slash pinkshade. You can get bonus episodes and make a monthly pledge over there. I'm dishing a whole lot of dirt doing throwback recaps and special episodes, and it's a lot of fun. I want to thank our premium sponsor, Tammy Stefani, and I want to thank our newest extra shady sponsor, Aurora Cooper. Love you, ladies. Love you all who are listening, and until next time, I will see you in reality. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.